You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. If you're new to my ministry, thank you so much for joining me live here on Instagram. I truly appreciate that. It's always very encouraging to see you guys here. My name's Matt. I am a Christian author. I've written seven books. They're all on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. If you get some time, check out my books. If you like some of the stuff I've been talking about, I dive deep into my books in all of these subjects. Um, If you've read any of my books, if you wouldn't mind, go back to Amazon. Leave me a quick review. Those are very encouraging to me as well. Um, What else? I have a podcast. This is where I record my podcast. Good morning. Hi. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Hey, David. Hey, Joel. Hey, Cassandra. Hey, Rock. If you, um, this is where I record my podcast. This is my podcast. I record it live on Instagram and then I put it on my podcast. It's called Walk Talks with Matt McMillan. And if you're listening on the podcast, if you wouldn't mind in the future, pause it, leave me a quick review, and then come back and finish listening. I greatly appreciate that. I'm also on YouTube. So YouTube is a great resource if you want to search anything that I've talked about in the past and watch it. All my walk talks are on YouTube. I've archived them and they're easily searchable. So if you're looking for a particular topic, maybe you're um, struggling with a particular subject or Bible verse, I might be able to help you out through one of my past walk talks. And I might be able to help you understand who Jesus is and who you are, because that's what my ministry is based on, who Jesus is and who you are together. Most ministries aren't about that. (laughs) They're about everything but that. Jesus is nothing more than an afterthought. Also, if you want to contact me, be sure to not message me on social media. You know, not trying to be rude or anything, but that that message button is left open for close personal relationships. And I appreciate you guys attempting to reach out to me on social media, but I don't respond to those. So if you want to contact me, I will respond to you. Just go to my website, go over to the contact page. I'll be glad to interact with you there. Or you can just email me directly. My email address is matt, that's M-A-T-T, at mattmcmillan.com. And that is McMillan with an E-N. It's not a common spelling. All right. Also, one other thing. While you're on my website, be sure to sign up for the free daily devotional. Maybe you're new to this message about grace. <laughs> you know, grace is just there for when you need it or when you really messed up. When you really mess up. But, you know, the Bible tells us in the same way you were saved, walk in it. Okay, you're saved by grace through faith. And then Paul encourages the Colossians to also walk in it. (laughs) So most of our churches don't teach you how to walk in grace. My ministry is going to help you do that. All right, so sign up for my free daily devotional. You'll get an email early in your inbox every morning that I've personally written. Now, here's another thing. I don't know everything. (laughs) There are things that I go back and I read of mine and I'm like, I could have said that a little bit differently, but I didn't know what I don't know until I know now. So there's going to be some things that you read of mine from the past where you can see, oh, Matt's grown from that state to this state in his thinking about this topic. Now, overall, the, the foundation is set, but we're all learning and growing. We don't know it all. Be very weary of a ministry that is set up on knowing everything. Jesus didn't say they will know you because you have a master's of linguistics. 
Jesus didn't say they will know you because you have a radio call-in show. Jesus didn't say they will know you because you get 250,000 views per TikTok because you can quote the Bible verbatim and you have a seminary degree on your wall in the background. <laughs> he said they will know you by your love. So ultimately, when you read the stuff that I write, I want you to feel loved. I want you to understand the love of Jesus Christ. All right. So let's get to, to oh, by the way, before I get to today's walk talk, to sign up for my free daily devotional, go to the free newsletter tab and you can put, put in your username and, or excuse me, your email and name there. And uh, you'll get that early in your inbox. All right. So let's get to today's walk talk. Can Christians live in sin? <laughs> oh, you just telling them they could just live in sin? This is just a sinful lifestyle. You're living in sin. You're living in sin. Uh, when you hear this title, can a Christian live in sin? Okay. Most people, and this is no offense to you, but most people think that I'm about to tell you that you can <laughs> by what you do. So that's the thing right there. You think that I am asking a prescriptive question as in you're allowed to do all that nasty stuff. You're allowed. <laughs> Just do it. But I'm actually going to do what the Bible actually instructs us to do and describe whether or not you can live in sin. That's mind-blowing to many people. They don't get it. Because they take passages, or they're taught people who have taken passages, which describe who you are, or who an unbeliever is, and then they prescribe it to you. Descriptive passages have been turned into prescriptive passages. As in, you, if you do this, you live in sin. And I'm not going to talk about the practice sin passage today because I've done full walk talks on that in the past. And I had to keep this list short because I got three errors about can a Christian live in sin. But real quickly, the practice sinning verse is describing somebody. It is a description of, not a prescription for. We cannot grasp that in our modern church because just like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, they want to describe you by your fruit. <laughs> Even that, you're like, oh, hold on. You, Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. Jesus said a lot of stuff, but who is he describing? In that section of scripture, an unbeliever. He never describes a child of God, a friend of his, <laughs> as a tree. He never describes you by your fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. Yes. An unbeliever. A tree is completely self-sufficient. A tree produces fruit. But how does Jesus describe the people who will be known by their fruit? False prophets. And what is a false prophet? So many people are like, false prophet this, false prophet that. 
Listen, just because somebody's struggling with some type of egregious error does not mean they're a false prophet. It just means there's somebody who's struggling with that egregious error. A false prophet, Jesus tells us, is somebody who says, this is not the Messiah. Okay, what does that say? That is an unbeliever. This is why he said John is the greatest prophet, because John said, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So this whole idea of a Christian practicing sin because they're doing it too much or too often causes them to be living in sin. And I'm going to say that a lot. Living in sin because that's how I grew up hearing it. You're living in sin. You're just living a sin. You're just living a sinful lifestyle. And I did a whole walk talk, my last walk talk on can Christians live a sinful lifestyle. Be sure to watch that. Or if you're listening on the podcast, listen to that previous one. We are trained up in error about descriptive passages and prescriptive passages by people who are extremely aggressive or passive aggressive or super intelligent or theologically trained. And none of that has anything to do with God. Okay. Jesus said, you are known by your love. Jesus doesn't call you a tree. Jesus calls you a branch. And he says a branch can do nothing on its own. So it is the fruit of the spirit. You know, I did a post on uh, Instagram this morning and I described this. And people cannot understand this because they are confusing a tree being known by its fruit which is describing an unbeliever. Paul calls this fruit unto death, which is look at everything I've done. Look at my behavior. Look at my wonderful works. Look how big this church is. Oh, look how small my church is. My church is small. That's how you know it's the truth. The big churches, they're just all about the money or whatever. Point at different pieces of fruit. Okay, our fruit is bore. We don't produce. Can a branch produce fruit? And Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch. Can a branch produce anything? No. It comes from the vine through the branch. You know, some people are like, oh, you got to put God first. Make God number one in your life and then you will have fruit. The vine is already number one. How is a branch going to put a vine first? That is what it is. But we got branches looking down the vine at other branches, comparing their fruit to other branches. And it's not even their fruit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Did a whole walk talk on that last summer. Can a Christian put God first? Be sure to watch that. Okay. I know this stuff is heavy. This is new to you if you have been trained up in sin. So when I have a walk talk that is titled, Can a Christian Live in Sin? This immediately stirs it up. Stirs up the power of sin. The Greek word is hamartia or the flesh, not your flesh. The Greek word is sarx. Your flesh is soma. That's the Greek word for your flesh. But we even confuse sarx with soma and then we pit people against their own instrument of righteousness their own temple of the Holy Spirit. And they're, they're told to deny their flesh, but we are never instructed to deny our flesh. Those words are not in the Bible. 
done walk talks in the past, search it. <laughs> but I'm just giving you little bitty crumbs, which might lead you to some truth in your mind. You might already be a Christian. This just might be new to you. And you think, well, this guy here, he's just about to tell everybody they can just live a life of sin, live licentiousness. No, Jude talked about those who came in who were unbelievers and were encouraging people to sin. So I, from the beginning, I want to say right now, you don't want to sin. If you've trusted Jesus, you, you don't want to. You have been lied to. Oh, sin is fun for a season. That is describing those who were under the law, who were turning their back on the law. Sin is not even fun for a season. Every single time you do it, be in denial all you want. If you're a child of God, you don't want that. Why? Because you're new. So today, let me go over these, these three errors about can a Christian live in sin? I'm going to tell you the, uh, the three bullet points, and then I'm going to talk about all three. So number one, what is the first one? Hold on just a second. Let me check my notes. Okay, I'm back. All right. Number one. If you're not feeling conviction of sin, you're living in sin. That's the first error. If you're not feeling conviction of sin, you're living in sin. Well, I'm not just, let me, let me talk about the list. These other two, I'm gonna get to each one. I'm gonna break each one down. Number two, if you're sinning repeatedly, you're living in sin and you have to repent. So I'm going to repeat that. Number two, if you're sinning repeatedly, you're living in sin and you have to repent. All right. And then number three, when you pursue a life of holiness, you're no longer living in sin. All right. So let's talk about these before I get into breaking each one of these down. First of all, let's do this. Let's talk about what is sin. Okay. Sin is anything that is not of faith. How many things are not of faith? Now, if I wanted to give you, and that's what Romans chapter 14, verse 23 says, anything that's not of faith is sin. Okay. So you are either expressing your righteousness at all time, or you're expressing sin. But and I'm getting ahead of myself here, you're already dead to that sin. Therefore, you're doing something that is not natural for you. But Romans 14 says, anything that's not of faith is sin. We don't grasp this in our modern church because we have a bullet point list of sins. Not only that, we categorize bad to worse. God will have nothing to do with that. Now, quick side note, according to the law, which is the 613 commandments given to God or given to Israel from God through Moses. There were different levels of different punishments. Weightier matters of the law, Jesus said. Okay, some deserve death. Some didn't deserve death. However, you could categorize them before the cross. Why? So that you would realize you need grace even more, whether it's a small sin that nobody can see. Paul talked about this in Romans. Well, if we want to 
air quotes call it small. Paul talked about this in Romans chapter seven. He struggled with being jealous. Thou shalt not covet. He said, nobody could see this, but he was a miserable man because he was living under the law, delighting in the law. And that produced in him coveting of every kind. Here's another thing. That's one of the top 10 air quotes, top 10, because they're not the top 10 according to the Jews. There's 613. We have cherry picked 10 of those 613 and we've put them on our courthouse squares. But according to the Bible, that actually causes you to sin more. Romans chapter five says the law was brought in so that sin would increase, not decrease. Why? Romans chapter five says so that grace would increase. So that's why, that's why the law was brought in to cause you to realize I have got to have a different way. And that way is believing God, even from the beginning. Okay, so according to the law, they were categorized. Different punishment. On this side of the cross, Romans chapter 1 lists some specific sins. And here's the thing. Many people will say, oh no, that's the worst sin. That's not so bad. But Romans chapter one lists gossip to murder. Romans 1 29. So gossip to murder are the same. It's a sin. Anything that's not a faith is sin. Paul even lists bitterness. <laughs> you bitter about something? That's a sin. No, no, Bible says my Bible says it. My Bible. <laughs> So here's what we have to get down to. If we go to Romans 6.23, we can see the wages of every sin from gossip to murder to bitterness to jealousy to adultery to forn fornication to everything that everybody wants to point out as the worst. Fill in the blank. I know you just did. <laughs> oh, you forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. All of it? Death. The wages of sin is death. Death? Or are you just saying we should just kill people? No. I'm saying Jesus was killed. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> the wages of sin, from bitterness to murder, gossip to murder, or you fill in whatever you want to say is the worst, is death. But yet Jesus died. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus died. The wages of sin is death. Not less blessings in heaven. Not God taking away your job. Not God causing your dog to die or your wife to cheat on you. Not God to cause you to no longer get them financial blessings. It's going to take the hedge off of you. Because you're doing this, and you're not doing this, and you're just not living for the Lord. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That's not punishment enough. Death is the punishment. Death. So we water down the wages of every single sin that we want to pick on when we don't say, You deserve death for that. Gluttony, death.
fill in the blank. I know you want to because you're trained, not you. I'm getting a little triggered right now. I'm not attacking you. <laughs> when I say you, it's a soft you, as in if the shoe fits, wear it, okay? We are trained up in sin. But yet we have died to sin. We have died to it. We've, we've died to it. We can't grasp this in our brain because we still do it. And because most of our dumpster fire, don't do it, McMillan. Most of our pulpits point out individual sins. When I was doing research on this topic this morning, I'm like, I just want to be thorough on this. I'm going to watch every TikTok I can find about living in sin. So I searched it in the search bar on TikTok because if this is in the future, maybe you're listening in the year 2050. Right now, TikTok's a big deal. <laughs> so TikTok, when I searched living in sin, everything that I watched was somebody on stage. Well, there's a handful of other people. Most of the stuff that I watched was somebody on stage pointing out individual sins of people. Saying you're living in sin, you're living a sinful lifestyle, you're practicing sin, you, you, you got to pursue holiness. What does that do? Romans chapter 7 tells us it stirs up sin. You ever seen the movie Ghostbusters 2 when they got that goo sitting on the table and all the Ghostbusters are sitting around it and they start yelling at it and they start making all this ruckus? What happens to that goo on the table? It bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up. And that was the problem. This goo was living off of the hate of people, the arguments of people. All this bad stuff that was happening in the city was just making this goo go crazy and this goo was just flooding the city and that represents sin perfectly. And that represents exactly how our modern church treats sin. They treat sin as if it's gonna go away if we are harder on it. But in reality, grace is the only thing that's gonna cause that sin to be diluted. Paul told Titus, it is the grace of God which will teach you how to live an upright, holy, self-controlled life. We do not hear that. <laughs> they think that grace is a license to sin, but the Bible teaches the opposite. It is grace which teaches us how to live. Teaches us how to live an upright, holy, self-controlled life. So if you want to sin more, put yourself under the commandments of the law, Put yourself under the heel of that pastor who, who keeps beating you over the head with how you got to do this. Stop doing that. Because sin, Romans 6.14, said, Romans 6.14 says that sin will no longer be your master. Because you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, if you're a Gentile, you were never under the law to begin with. Ephesians chapter 2 says you were not included in that covenant. But early on in Romans, Paul says, 
you are without excuse <laughs> because the righteous requirements of the law is written on your conscience. And I'm going to talk about your conscience today. Your conscience can be trained by anything. And the righteous requirements of the law is perfection, perfection or bust. So you know what you know because the requirements of God are written on your conscience and then it is up to you to decide what to do with that. But if you want sin to be afforded in your life, try harder not to sin. You're going to try your hardest this time. You're really going to get it. You're going to start going to church. You're going to go on Sunday morning, Sunday evening. You're going to go on Wednesday. You're going to pursue a degree at the Bible college. You're going to go to a Bible seminary. You're going to go to Bible college and you're going to go to seminary because you're a great orator. You're, you're a good influencer. This is God's call in your life. more stuff to do. Just look at how many likes you get on all your Instagram stuff. Look how good looking you are. Or the opposite. Look how not good looking you are. You can be an example of what God can do with anything. Heard it on both sides. It's, it's all pressure. It's all them forcing you into doing something that is not of faith, which is sin. So let's talk about this today. Let's get into these three. So the first one, the first error of can Christians live in sin? Number one, let's talk about number one. If you're not convicted of your sin, sorry, I normally have these memorized. If you're not feeling, I had to check my notes again. If you're not feeling conviction for your sin, you're living in sin. Okay. If you are not feeling right there, red flag. <laughs> if you are not feeling conviction for your sin, you're living in sin. So first of all, this is nowhere in the Bible. The Bible never tells us to feel anything. You can feel what you feel because of something that you ate. You can feel what you feel because of something that you've been told. You can feel what you feel because of anything. Your feelings is part of your soul, your mind, free will, and emotions. This could be trained by anything at all. Your, your feelings come from your conscience. This is why it's so important to always have your conscience cleansed of error. And if it's being cleansed of error, it's being focused on the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, the life. So you can be feeling anything about anything. That doesn't matter. You can be in denial. <laughs> you, you, well, I don't feel conviction of sin, so I guess I'm living in sin. I'm done. I don't care about this. If I, if I was a true Christian, if I was a true man of God, I would be feeling conviction of sin. Pastor said that this morning. He got up and he slapped his Bible and he looked directly at me and I was sitting right there on the front row and he said, if you're not feeling conviction of your sin, you're living in sin. See all that emotionalism? Feelings. Feelings do not indicate truth. You know, I could be right here doing this walk talking. You know, a goose could attack me right now. How would I feel? Because there's geese all over here because there's ponds everywhere. 
thankfully they're pretty friendly geese. <laughs> How would I feel? I'm, I feel just fine right now. Okay. Nice and comfortable. <laughs> I got a good rhythm going on right now. I feel good with where I'm at on my walk talk. Imagine if this goose just on this pond right here, see that pond came running at me right now. How would I feel? Because, ah! <laughs> Geese are scary. Does that feeling of what that goose just caused me to do change anything about what I had already planned on saying? No, it is how I feel based on what is happening to me at this moment. So just because you do not feel conviction of sin does not mean you are living in sin. So I'm going to get to the word conviction. So hang on. I know you're like, tell them they just need to be convicted of their sins. Tell them. I'm going to get to that word. So hang on. We're going to get over to John 16. But real quickly, if we go to Romans chapter 6, we can see that we have died. Yeah, but you're walking and you're talking. I understand that. My old sinful spirit, the spirit that I inherited from Adam by no fault of my own, died. Romans chapter 6. You have died. So how can we who have died to sin and died live in sin? Should we continue sinning? Paul even asked this rhetorical question. No. Who says that? I have never met anybody who has finally grasped the grace of God. And they're like, yes, I get to continue sinning. No. But they never say, I'm going to hell. They don't say that because they know the magnitude of the blood of Jesus. They don't say, oh, God's going to take his hand off me. They don't say that because they know God is in here. God's hand is not on you. He is in here. Before the cross, he came and went all the time based on the behavior of the Israelites on this side of the cross because of what Jesus absorbed. He is not placing his hand on you and then leaving you or taking his hand off of you. That's why bad stuff is happening to you. He's in you. And he works through you and he works through all these bad situations. Matter of fact, everything will eventually work out for your good, even if you don't get to see that on this side of heaven. Why? Jesus. All things work together. All things. <laughs> Are you just saying we should just sin so it'll work together? Who says that? That we're right back to it again. Your sin conscience conscious. You're not righteousness conscious. We who have died to sin, how can we live in it? How can we? Again, descriptive. Said that in the beginning of the walk talk. Not prescriptive, descriptive. How can we? How is it even a possibility? So I could do something that is not of faith every millisecond of the day until the day that this physical shell wears out and I'm still not living in sin. So the people who want to say, because you're doing A, B, or C, or you're refusing to do A, B, and C, you're living in sin. You're not letting yourself be feeling the conviction of sin. They don't understand their identity. They don't understand crucified. You have died with Christ. And Paul goes on to say, your life is now Christ's life. You have the life of Christ in you. He has written 
obedience into you. This is why he says later on in the chapter, you have become obedient from the heart. You can't get away from it. So you're not being convicted of sin. So let's get over here and talk about conviction of sin. So many people say, oh, if you're not feeling conviction, you know, I'm like, you know, I am going to say it. I do a lot of these walk talks because <laughs> I want grace to be confident, confident. So my daughter, Grace, if I'm, if I'm dead and gone and she wants to go back and, and watch a video of me, I want her to know whatever she's struggling with at that point does not determine who she is and whether or not she is feeling conviction, that does not determine who she is. Ah. And there's so much error that our kids see on TikTok and, and everything else. And if I want her to watch, man, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional today. I just, I know the opposite of it. I know what it feels like to be trained up in sin, not trained up in my righteousness. And when Grace watches these, if she ever does, maybe she won't. I don't tell her to watch them. I, you know, I don't push any of this stuff on Jennifer or Grace. But if Grace ever decides to watch this, I want her to know you are righteous and God does not convict you of sin. He convicts you of your righteousness. No matter how you feel, feelings don't determine whether or not you're living in sin. Feelings don't determine whether or not you're living in your righteousness. Okay, I think I'm back. Okay, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, they stop right there. Oh, the Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. If you're not feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then you're living in sin. You're not feeling it? You're not feeling it, are you? I can tell. You're living in, you're living in sin. You're living in sin. <laughs> but they don't finish the verse. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Here it is. Because they do not believe in me. The world stands convicted. Every unbeliever stands convicted. Individual sins that they're doing do not convict them of sin. Their refusal to trust Jesus convicts them. They know. They have been convicted. Convicted means guilty. This has nothing to do with a Christian feeling something. And if they're feeling something, they're, they're definitely going to repent. That's not what it's about. Jesus goes on to say, 
and he will also convict you of your righteousness. We miss that part because that's not taught. Righteousness is not taught. Even though Paul told Timothy to train them up in their righteousness, our churches do not train anybody up in righteousness. They say not one is righteous while applying a... Mm, calm down. They say not one is righteous while applying a passage describing a person attempting to be righteous through law observance. There is not one righteous before salvation. That's true. But then he became sin. So we can become righteous. Second Corinthians 5.21. It was a divine trade-off. What do you think happened at the cross and the resurrection? He is not focused on sinning is. You're living a sinful lifestyle. You're living in sin. You're not letting the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin. If you was feeling the conviction, then you would know. You're not feeling it. So many people give up on their relationship with God because they don't feel. Fill in the blank. Excited, happy, looking forward to it, sinful. We have the life of Christ. We don't need to feel anything to understand we have his life because we've trusted in him. Feelings come and go. So many people are like, oh, I changed church because I just didn't feel the spirit. <laughs> what? You walked into that building with the spirit in you. Well, what does that have anything to do with your feelings? You didn't feel a certain way because of the message or because of the music or because of your opinion about the message and the music. It's that simple. Let's get to number three. <laughs> Excuse me, number two. The second error about can Christians live in sin? Number two, if it's a repeated sin, you're living in sin. You have to repent. Okay, so this is convenient <laughs> for those who think that they're sinning less. Because those who say this, if, you, if, if it's a repeated sin, you're living in sin, you got to repent. But I'm not perfect. Nobody's per There it is right there. So they're telling you because you are repeating a sin. You are living in sin and you need to repent. Oh, by the way, I'm not perfect. Oh, but you just said. <laughs> yeah, but I repent. Oh, you sure? <laughs> See what we do? And then we judge ourselves according to ourselves. And Paul warned against this. And Jesus said in the same way that you judged up, judge others, you will be judged with that same measure. But we tell people, if it's a repeated sin, you're living in sin and you have to repent. I've seen, even hearing this, your conscience could be so seared with sin. You're like, this makes sense. What's he talking about? Because you think that you're not perfect. <laughs> mm, don't do it. Oh, you're perfect. Mm, see, even me saying that, you're like, well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But you're describing yourself by what you do again, not by who you are. Prescriptive, not descriptive. Do or who, not do. <laughs> so, Scripture is clear that you are perfect. Hebrews 10, 14, by one offering, you have been made perfect. You have been perfected. There's one translation that say, are being perfected, but that being is not there. It's not an ongoing being perfected. 
as if you're doing something to perfect yourself. What would you do to perfect yourself? Sinless. Remember, bitterness. You got some bitterness? Got some bitterness towards me? You don't like my message? You don't like my face? My teeth too white? Don't like my face? Don't like my goatee? A lot of people, you know, there's a, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Get back on the message. I try to keep my personal stuff out of the message as much as I can, but real quickly, some people don't like how I look. Look at me. I mean, if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm sure you know what I look like. I got sleeveless. I got a sleeveless shirt on, a backwards hat. I got a country accent. Some people don't like that. They want to describe me by how they want to yeah, describe me by how I look. <laughs> they want me to look prim and proper. You know, I'm not against dressing up. You know, I like to dress snazzy sometimes, but my outfit doesn't determine who I am in here. <laughs> but when somebody says you're not perfect or that I'm not perfect, this, typically the I'm not perfect comes after they say you need to repent because you don't look at me because I'm not perfect either. Okay, so what level do I have to be perfect Tell me, where, where is the perfection level? Nobody can be perfect. You just got to try. Well, how does a branch try to be perfect? Can you explain that? Mm, nope, you just got to wake up every day and put God first. Okay, what do, what do you see it? It's just, oh my God. Just You need to just admit that the cross was a huge success and the blood of Jesus has perfected you. You know, I'm going to talk about that for one more second real quick. Even that uh, one passage where it says they are being perfected. If you want to go with that, that would be the people who are believing in the blood of Jesus in the future, not you. Because what would they be doing? Believing in Jesus. What are you doing right now to perfect yourself? The Jews couldn't perfect themselves through the blood of animals. What makes you think you can perfect yourself through your repentant behavior? You can't. <laughs> From your state of perfection, you mature. You have your mind renewed. You fix your eyes on heavenly things, not earthly things. You are not led by your body. You lead your body. This is an instrument. Paul calls it an instrument of righteousness. <laughs> oh, but it's not perfect. Oh, well, I mean, if it's righteous, it would have to be perfect, right? So if it's not righteous and it's not perfect, what could I do to perfect this? Sinless, oh, one sin, death. The only way you can say you're not perfect is if you ignore what Christ accomplished. And this is not saying everybody's perfected. No, you know, universalism inclusionism is really starting to sneak into the new covenant community and i don't agree with that everybody is not perfected everybody is not saved everybody is not on their way to heaven and god's taking care of everything and we just don't know it because the jews messed it up no you have to trust god you have to believe god god has always been interested in one main thing from the garden do you believe me had Adam and Eve believed that they were already perfect, created in his image, they wouldn't have wanted the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted the knowledge 
of good and evil. They did not need that knowledge. But most of our pulpits are focused on the knowledge of good and evil, not on the tree of life, not on the spirit of life, not on the liberty that we... Calm down. Not on what we have in Jesus. They don't want anything to do with that because of the sinning, but they focus on the sin and it bubbles it up even more and causes more... More and 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 more sin. The law increases sin. What is the law? Thou shalt. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt do that. Thus saith the Lord. Man, I'm so triggered right now. I'm going to try to calm down. You need to be told that you're perfect. If you think this is cocky, if you think this is arrogant, you are basically belittling what Jesus did. If you say nobody's perfect, but the Bible says that we are, you've just been taught that we aren't. Hebrews 10, 14 says you are perfect. Yeah, but I don't act perfect. I'm not asking you to act. We got plenty of actors. It's Sunday. Just get off of it, McMillan. I'm not going down that road today. This stuff triggers the crap out of me. And there are many people who act not perfect, but perfect. They want to be a... They want to... They want to be a housekeeper in the house of the Lord and the courts of the Lord. Oh, miserable man I am. You're not... When Paul talked about being a miserable man, he was talking about his devout life as a law observer. That is not you. You do not live under the ministry of death and condemnation. You live under the ministry of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 explains this perfectly. You live a life of liberty because you're perfect, because you don't want to sin, because you have been taken out of sin and placed into the Spirit of Jesus Christ, because Christ died to sin. Romans chapter 6, why would Christ need to die to sin? He is perfect. Because you were literally, your spirit was literally in Christ when he was on the cross. Christ died to sin, therefore you died to sin. That's why sinning doesn't make any sense to you. And in the seasons that are you in, that you are in denial because your conscience has been trained, because somebody told you that you're not perfect, eventually it's going to make sense as you get trained up in your righteousness. Repeated sins do not determine whether or not you live in sin. If that were the case, every single Christian would live in sin. All of us. One sin, remember? Bitterness. You argue with your spouse on the way to church. The worship leader's having an affair with your wife. You want to kill them. But no, you got to give your sermon. Be living in sin. No, you just need to say, I got an argument. So what? You need to say, this is a bad deal. We're going to have to deal with this. And I might have to take some time away from the church. Whatever it is, but you don't need to say I'm living in sin. Because you're not living in sin, you're living in Christ. Because ultimately, you don't want to kill him. You want to forgive him, but this has really hurt your feelings. You want to save your marriage. But we'll say that the 
if if the let's let's talk about this for a minute. We'll say that if the lady and the guy continue to have an affair, they're living in sin. Are they? They're sinning clearly. And what's happening? Destruction. It's destroying the marriage. It's destroying this group of believers. But if they believe Jesus, they're not living in sin. They're sinning. And they're doing a really bad sin that's causing a lot of destruction. Repent. That's why you repent. You don't repent to prove that you're no longer living in sin. You repent because this is not for me. I am perfect because of the blood of Jesus. I am holy. I am righteous. I am blameless. I do not want to do anything to destroy this marriage. So I am going to repent of this. I'm going to do everything I can to live at peace with everybody. This has nothing to do with I'm going to do. I'm going to repent from this sin. Therefore, I'm going to be forgiven. No, you're already forgiven. Because there's other sins that you're ignoring, but you're pointing out this one sin because the church points it out. But your bitterness, <laughs> that deserves death. Your adultery, that deserves death. Your gossip about the bitterness and the adultery. Your gossip about your husband as to why you had this affair, that deserves death. Death. You don't repent of a particular sin in order to not live in sin anymore. You repent of a sin because sinning is not for you because you're holy. What am I doing right now? I am convicting you of your righteousness. I am telling you you're guilty. You are shackled, chained up and bound forever. You are a slave of righteousness. Paul said, Romans chapter 6. God, I love Romans chapter 6. So many people... They just blow right through Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 describes how you were <laughs> naturally in a bad state, how you were killed on the cross with Jesus, and how you now were resurrected and fully united with him and you have his life. You have died to sin. This is why Paul says, so count yourselves dead to sin. What does that mean? Okay, this person is attractive. I'm having issues with my spouse am i going to move forward in pursuing something with this other person because i got a really good excuse about my spouse they're attractive they give me attention they treat me well i'm gonna go forward with this no i'm dead to this that is not for me that's not gonna solve anything not oh i'll be living in sin no you won't be living in sin you will be a righteous saint who is doing something that will never set right with you so therefore you need to count yourself dead to that you can be in denial about it you know i see that i've seen this uh street preacher on tiktok and i'm you know not picking on individuals it's just what they've been trained up in when i was doing research on this this morning you know and i watched these different tiktoks to see what people were saying about living in sin and this the street preacher had a bunch of people and called them forward and it was a bunch of young young men younger boys and basically led them through a, a prayer for salvation great okay but he said something where i was like oh there it is none of them are going to be able to do that he said now god i will leave my life of sin Oh, he said that to the woman caught in adultery. What are you talking about? No, yeah, I, I understand that. <laughs> this is before the cross. This is sinning according to the law. 
are these young men under the law? No. Also, what had almost happened to this woman? She almost got killed. Jesus wouldn't be there to say, I don't condemn you because they're going to kill you the next time. So it is a good thing to not do this again. But this is not these people repenting of a sin to prove they're no longer living in sin. Because what's going to happen? Oh, I looked at that porn. Oh, I, I went a whole month and I didn't look at the porn. Guess I'm living in sin. I'm already living in sin. Screw it. Living in sin. Living in sin. Who okay. cares? You know, and then you flex on Christians. You're like, I'm done with this. See what happens? So we need to stop telling people, you got to live, leave your life of sin. No, you do not leave your life of sin. You died. You have been crucified. You have been taken out of the power of sin, hamartia, placed into the spirit of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3 says, you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The next passage, Christ who is your life. Therefore, when sin presents itself to you with its desires, Romans 6, 12, its desires, sin is an it. You know, we're talking about actions and attitudes here, but you're dead to that force. Its desires. Verse 11. So in the same way Christ died to sin, count yourself dead to sin. Was Christ a human? Yes. Was he God? Yes. Did he have free will and he could have chose to sin if he wanted to? Of course. So in the same way, count yourself dead to sin like Jesus. Why? Because you have his life. Not because you're going to be practicing sin. Not because you're going to have a sinful lifestyle. Not because God's going to do something to you. But because you have died. And because you're being convicted of your righteousness. All right. Let's go on to... Number three, I think I remember what this one is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've had to flip back to my notes a couple times. Most of these I don't take notes, but some that I do, I, you know, I will study those notes for an hour or so and then do my walk talk. That's normally when I'll, you know, put the notification on uh, social media that I'm going to go live. Um, number three, the third error about can a Christian live in sin? When you pursue a life of holiness, you are no longer living in sin when you pursue holiness. Oh, you just got to pursue it. Oh, I'm pursuing it. Imagine if I did this. Imagine if I was talking to Grace. And if you guys are new to my ministry, I have a, I have a daughter named Grace. And imagine if I said to Grace, when you pursue being a McMillan, you might get there. Pursue it. You need to get up every day. You need to try hard. Pursue it. Pursue being a McMillan. That's what we're doing when we say pursue holiness. You are holy. When Peter said, be holy like God is holy, he is describing you. Again, at the beginning I said prescription verses, description verses. This is a descriptive passage. You are holy, Peter is saying, so be holy. Colossians 1 says, you are holy, you are blameless, you are righteous. Well, it doesn't say you're righteous. Holy, blameless, free from all accusation. Accusation of who? People and the enemy. You're not holy. You need to pursue holiness. Oh, you're not holy. Look at you. You call yourself a You're not a Christian. Look at you. You're getting ready for the club. You're going to go to the club? 
Christians don't go to clubs. You need to pursue holiness. If you were holy, you would not be going to the club. If you were holy, you'd be making TikToks while you're spinning your... Mm, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> mm. Saw a TikTok the other day. <laughs> Lovely young lady. Very well spoken. But you could tell she had been trained up in sinning. <laughs> because she was having a conversation with somebody else as they were both getting ready to go to the club. And the lady said, you ain't holy or you ain't a Christian. She said, I took offense to that. So I stopped going to the club and I stopped wearing the scantily clad clothing. I stopped dancing with the devil. I stopped saying I'm all this stuff. And then I, but I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm still, I'm still pursuing holiness. I'm not, see it? Did you see it? <laughs> you could go to the club. But why? What are you going to do? You're going to have one or two drinks and socialize and leave? All right. But is that your pattern? It, are you going to the club and doing a bunch of stuff that you know this is not for me? Okay. So then why would you continue to do that? Why would you continue to act like a chicken when you're an eagle? I don't need to tell you you're a chicken. I need to tell you you're an eagle. So why are you down here pecking like a chicken? See the difference there? Identity. Descriptive, not prescriptive. So if she was going to the club and this lady said, if you were going to the club, if you were not, if you're going to the club, you're not a Christian. You need to pursue holiness. And she took offense to that. It's because she saw what she was doing as pursuing holiness. Therefore, she was not holy. Now she's making videos telling other people to be like me just be like me really aggressive really aggressive really aggressive nice and sweet really really nice and sweet nice and just just a whole load of mess and then at the end a nice smile and then off the camera and then a bible verse pop up it's convenient for those who are looking to their behavior to pursue holiness in order to do this but no amount of behavior change could ever cause you to become holy you are holy or you're not <laughs> one of the two <laughs> So you need to just realize, well, I'm not living in sin and I am holy. So therefore, why am I partaking in this activity on an ongoing basis in this pattern? This is the grace of God, which teaches you how to live. This is saying you're holy. This is saying the cross was a huge success. This is saying there's nothing wrong with you. Grace, I'm training you up in grace. And what is the backing behind all of this? The cross. Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. Oh, you're just taking advantage of his grace. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Take advantage of his grace. If you're not taking advantage of his grace, you're going to hear depart from me. Again. This grace teaches you how to live. <laughs> Titus 2, 11 and 12, it is the grace of God that teaches you how to live an upright, holy, self-controlled life. So if you want to live holy because you are holy, if you want to enjoy your uprightness, if you want to enjoy self-control, bask in grace. 
realize that when you're at the club and you're smashed and you've just done a bunch of stuff that you know is not of faith and then you're going to Taco Bell nothing wrong with well there is something wrong with Taco Bell but you're going to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. and then you're going to the after party and then you know what's about to happen and you might even be married you know this is not for me not oh I'm gonna stop so I can be holy not I'm I'm going to repent. I'm going to stop because I am holy. There are certain denominations which has turned pursuing holiness into an idol. As if you have the ability to attain it through what you do, you do not. You can only attain holiness by grace through faith in Jesus because you receive his holiness. That's the difference. So you're not living in sin. All right, so can a Christian live in sin? I'm not seeing that in the Bible. I'm seeing Paul saying, how can we? (laughs) We have died to sin. I'm seeing I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, old sinful I, The life I now live, new, holy, righteous, I, self, I live to Christ, through Christ, for Christ, with Christ. You don't need to be lied to about who you are in regard to your actions and attitudes. You need to be told the truth. You need to be trained up in your righteousness. You need to be convicted of your righteousness. You need grace just to be thrown at you. Never ending. You need to just like submerge yourself in grace until you just, just struggling and then you just and you just breathe it in. You're like, oh wow, I can actually breathe in grace. That's it. Because the reality is all things are gone. And you are new. You are a new creation. Where? In Christ. You don't want to sin, but you are a human. Therefore, you will sin. (laughs) Replace the focus of living in sin to where you really live. You live in Christ. That's where you live. So can a Christian live in sin? No. It's not even a possibility. How can we, Paul says. The church wants to turn that into a prescriptive verse, but it is actually descriptive. How can we? We can't. We live in Christ. You have died. Your life is now hidden with Christ. In God. All right, guys. So I hope this has encouraged you today. I hope it's brought to light maybe some error about living in sin. You should always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're righteous. You're holy, you're blameless, you're a new creation, you're a child of God, there's nothing wrong with you, and you are awesome. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com